Hey, and welcome back to Yarns Without the Aussies. Now, a few days ago, I was sitting at home just uh, flicking through Instagram as you do, and I saw a post from a local bike shop, uh, Treadley Bikes in Adelaide, that was uh, with a couple that are cycling around the world. And straight away, I just, you know, I like bikes, I like traveling. And with the podcast, I just knew I had to get in contact and um, see if I could have a conversation. So a couple of days later, I'm sitting in uh, a small town on the Air Peninsula in South Australia, nearly five hours away from home and the stars aligned and here we are sitting uh, with Rachel and how are you going today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for uh, waiting around and making it all work. But yeah, cycling around the world, it's quite the adventure. So how did, how did that come about? Of course, it's a long story. So I'll make it like really brief. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm from the United States, yeah. Arizona, and I lived there for about 25 years. Did all kinds of entrepreneurial kind of things. Um, I had my own restaurant, my own um, personal chef business. I taught yoga. I was a posture therapist. I did a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of just got done. I, I lost all the inspiration. Yeah. Um, so I decided that I would go to Spain and walk the Camino de Santiago. And I was just really looking like for some kind of professional clarity. Yeah. Um, and so that like, that's what people do. You go on a pilgrimage and you're just kind of like in search for yeah. something. Yeah. I know the feeling. That's for sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we did. So I planned this trip, and I had a family at that point, and, um, and I left, and it was an amazing experience. Um, and what came of it, I mean, you can hear a little bit more on a different podcast that I talked to the to- on the Tough Girl podcast. Yeah, that was um, an so amazing I, podcast. So that I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it. But what, what happened was I just realized um, – now looking back on it, that I've always had this nomad spirit about yeah. me. And um, I really was just so inspired when I was out there living in that way. Yeah. Um, and so over like some weeks and months, I gradually transitioned. I It was, a re- it was hard. It was it's not easy to make those big decisions no, no. because for me it was very natural, but you don't want to disappoint your family and friends. Yeah. It was a complete upheaval of your entire home life and all the people you're surrounded with, where you were living, what you wanted to do with yourself. Um, yeah, it's a really incredible story that I definitely encourage a lot of people to go listen to that um, that podcast. I'll have all the links and all that below. But yeah, it, it, what really, what really made you um, just just want to get on a bike and and do around the world? I mean, you've yeah done these massive hikes. You've done a bit of biking as well, and um, some other crazy adventures. But what was it about bikes and the entire world? Was it just as big and as tough as you could make it, or the furthest you could travel, but in a simplistic way? Like why why a why a push bike? Well, I love simplicity. Yeah. I mean, I love that what, uh, pretty much all I own is what I carry with me on my bicycle. I yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, the, why the bicycle? I've always 
been someone who commuted on bicycle. Uh, I, my bicycle has always just been like a big part of my life. And I liked going for long rides, but I yeah. had never tour cycled until I met my partner. Okay. And he had been um, planning on doing a trip around the world. He was actually in, had started. Oh, wow. And then he met me. And so then <laughs> it just kind of stopped for a little while. Okay. Um, and, and so when I started riding, we rode from Denmark to Croatia. Yeah. And it was just so amazing. And I just thought, okay, like I want, I want to make this my life. Yeah. And that, and that's just how it started. And yeah. I think you hear that a little bit as well with people that end up doing these big trips. We were talking just before about Lindsay with his um, jet ski adventure of, you know, he went around KI in Adelaide and then was like, well, Tassie's a bit bigger and then did that and was like, well, why not Australia? So I guess in a way it's a similar story for yourself of you've done some, you've always ridden bikes and commuted and then done some, I'm going to say smaller trips. They're still big, long rides. Yeah, yeah. And then just the natural progression almost is to just, go, well, why not the world? <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so funny is that, like, when when you do that, it just seems, like, so natural. You're yeah. like, oh, well, if, I mean, of course I would do that. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, that's just... That's what's next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what feels natural, you don't see it as a crazy, absurd thing, which I'm sure your friends and family and all that kind yeah. of stuff did when you first told them. Yeah. But... I mean, we've even had that with our trip around uh, around Australia in the car. Like a lot of friends and family just said, you guys are crazy. Like you're giving up jobs and leaving home and packing everything into a car. I mean, this is just a whole nother level. So right. where, well, when did you enter Australia? So you'd been working your way down through Asia by the sound of it. And then you jumped right. across into Right. So we started half. in Bangkok. Right. Um, and then made our way down through um, south through the 15 Indonesian islands to Timor. Yeah. Um, and we cycled the whole way. There's, um, there was one plane ride and that was from Timor to Darwin. Oh, wow. We tried to get a sailboat for a while while we yeah. were in Timor. Yeah. And it was right around this time, actually, literally uh, last year. Yeah. Wow. And, um, it was, uh, not the season for it. And yeah. I don't think there's a lot of sailboats anyway, Yeah. but we were really committed and <laughs> just like tried to reach out to as many people as we possibly could. And then when we realized that we were not going to be able to get a sailboat. Yeah. Then we just we just booked that hour flight. The so that's plane. the only flight. So on January first. Oh wow. Twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> the year that the world went crazy. We arrived in Darwin. Maybe maybe it's just one of those stories of where Australia is just like a big movie set. <laughs> really, COVID's not a thing. It's just madness in Australia, and that's just what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, arriving in Darwin. And I guess if you're working your way down there, there's not a real big culture shock. A lot of people, a lot of Australians go up to Darwin and it's not a culture so shock, sorry, but more of a like a temperature and weather thing. It's quite humid and, um, you know, wet season in January still. But you guys would have already been acclimatized to that, I guess, in a way. But it's still a very different place to be than um, up there in Asia, I guess. So what what was your initial sort of impressions of landing in Australia into Darwin where not many people first arrive into Darwin. Well, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, honestly, I did not know 
the different where the different cities in yeah. Australia were. I had no idea like where Perth versus Adelaide versus Sydney or Melbourne or Darwin. Yeah, none right. of that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to Darwin. I, I wasn't even sure where it was, you know. <laughs> How and, big of a city it and, was. And so. like, yeah, didn't really know any of anything about it. And yeah. so um what I knew was that I was going to Australia. And Australia for Americans is like as far as you can get, it's like the next. It's like the place right before the moon. I yeah. mean, it's like really, <laughs> Where really far away. Where we ride kangaroos away. to work yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was um, really kind of like romantic. I'm like, and I yeah. remember the first couple of days riding in Australia. It's like I'm in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> And had that been on a hit list for you for quite a while to come here? Like, is it something you'd always wanted to do and just never got to? I'm not a bucket list person. Right. So, um, I, like, I love just when things are just... Just happen. This The surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, usually, actually, it's like, yeah, the thing that excites me is when, is when it's... I, I don't expect it or I don't plan for it. Yeah. Um, and actually, we were supposed to go to Papua New Guinea. And because of a series of a variety of different things, we ended up going to Australia first. Um, Australia there. I think it's better that we're in Australia than in Papua New Guinea. Considering oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long were you planning um, on happened? staying in PNG? If you we didn't. Did we it don't. Ha- we didn't have any real plans. Yeah. I mean, we honestly like we just kind of take it as it comes. Yeah. 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 So it was exciting to get to Australia. I mean, I um, I I didn't know much about it, and yeah. we got to Darwin, and and I'll tell you though, we were really intimidated by the outback. I yeah. mean, we had been cycling all through Asia in really like crazy, crazy situations, mm. but the idea of just like this large expanse of not much of where we just didn't know where we were going to be able to get supplies and how that was working. Uh, I think it's like anything that's foreign to you. Yeah. That that like now. I mean, now it's like yeah, yeah we know that's this. Just what it is. We yeah. got it. Yeah. But back then it was just so we took like like three days I think just to like really make sure our bicycles were good. Yeah. I was yeah. back and forth to the to my the bike mechanic that be, like really became a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was it was like a lot of preparing. A very different environment, I guess. And yeah, I mean we'll we'll get to talking about some of those different environments and whatever. But from from Darwin, you where was the first sort of I assume you hung around in Darwin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, checked out some of the national parks and, and whatnot up around there. Yeah, it. so the idea was that um, we I needed to get to Brisbane right. in like a pretty quick amount of time. So okay. it was gonna be it was gonna be like a quick whiz around. A quick ride. Yeah. 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 So we um, we head out and it was the end of January. Well, no, it was the beginning of January, right? So it was like January 4th, I think, is when we head out. Yeah. And we went to Litchfield Park. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah. And Especially third, in the wet season as well, all the um, waterfalls we and all that. We were swimming been... in, the, in the waterfalls and we were camping and we were, you know... <laughs> The roadhouses were really cool to us. Yeah, yeah, that would I be mean, very different. I mean, now it's like now we, you know, it's a roadhouse, but they were just so charming. Yeah, and um, so we third day we had been swimming in these pools, and then 
um, I was going down about 60 kilometers an hour down a hill. And it's pretty flat out there. I mean, there aren't that many hills. Yeah, but there was a really steep hill out of Litchfield. And um, I got the speed wobbles. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it's the yeah. bicycle starts shaking. Just shaking really hard. Yeah. Un- and it gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I had never experienced anything like that before. Yeah. And I flipped over. I, I landed on my head and I slid on my face. Oh, God. I was airlifted to the um, to Royal Darwin yeah. <laughs> Hospital. Yeah. And um, I was, I had severe burns all over my body and on my face and my teeth were, front teeth were knocked out oh, and I was really beat up. Yeah. I was in the hospital for about three days and, and I was so messed up. My mouth was really took a huge beating and I yeah. was real cut up. So I actually flew to Thailand <laughs> and got some dental work done, yeah. rested there for about three weeks and yeah. then came back. Wow. Yeah. But but the real like amazing thing that happened while um I was like when I was flown back to Darwin is the support from the community. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So you, were you riding you weren't riding by yourself you were with a partner yeah. then obviously yeah. yeah. But being fairly remote um like was there many other people around like could you call for help like did that process in Litchfield take a while before yeah obviously getting airlifted out like yeah you know um so I was really lucky because my partner and I usually don't ride together he rides so much faster yeah often we'll leave each other in the morning and we'll just say okay we'll meet up at this particular location and you just do your own adventure and then we have our own yeah and it's really fun because then you meet back up and it's like you've got stuff to talk about Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, it's great. And so and we use different map programs sometimes. So sometimes we're literally on different routes. Yeah, right. There you go. But meet back out. But we happen to be together. Yeah. Because we were still kind of feeling out the outback, you know? Yeah. We were just and we just weren't like totally sure how the whole thing was working. We're like, oh, we'll just stick together. So he yeah. was in front of me and he yeah. heard me scream. Yeah. And he saw the whole thing happen. I don't remember really anything after feeling like I had the speed wobbles. Yeah. I just I I and then just just yeah, blacked out. But you do. um yeah, so there was no one around where it's like pretty remote. Mm. And so he put his bicycle in the middle of the road. Yeah. And basically so stopped the uh-huh, next car. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And these really nice people stopped. Yeah. And um Were they Australian? They were Australian. They were. Absolutely. Especially in someone like that, there's a lot of international tourists. It's a very popular national park. It's quite close to Darwin. And there is lots of international tourists that cruise around. Not saying that that's going to be less likely or more likely that they stop and help. But it was just, yeah, interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were really nice. Yeah. Locals Um, of Darwin? You know what? You I don't you, know. You wouldn't remember. Because, You've got much bigger if problems Because if Brene was here, he would be able to tell you. Yeah. yeah they yeah. were so nice to him. And I remember like coming out of it a little, waking up and I was and looking up and there's flies all around oh, yeah. me. And oh, they're yeah. waving, they're waving something to get the flies away from me. It was just so sweet. Three yeah. people oh, helping wow. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And my, I mean, my bicycle was, whew, yeah. It was really beat, beat. up. Yeah. 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 So you yourself, yeah, you had to fly back to Indonesia and get some dental work done and whatnot, but did you have major injuries? Were you really concerned when you did sort of come to in the hospital that this was going to be 
the end of the ride for a while or you're going to be stuck in hospital? Like what, what sort of level, where were you at when, when it all happened? This is like so telling of how I am. I was like trying to figure out if I could get back on the bicycle the next day. Yeah. I was like, do you think I can ride tomorrow? <laughs> if my foot's broken, can you just strap it and we'll go ride? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Like nothing's going to stop me. But then really I was, I was, I really took a beating. And yeah. And going to Thailand was a beautiful thing because I just got to rest. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and and then when I and when I got back, I was ready to go. Yeah, I was gonna say like leaving. We we're talking about this the other day. Leaving your car and your trip and your bike in your circumstance, and then you have that little break and it's great. But then you really start getting. I don't want to call it homesick because it's not a home, but. I feel like, yeah, your car or your bike or just being on the road traveling does feel like a home after a while. Absolutely. Were you really keen to get back to the bike and get back to Yeah, always, yeah, always. Traveling? Whenever, whenever there's like a stop, I can really appreciate that my body's resting. Yeah. yeah. But absolutely. Yeah, so happy like to get back to the so bike. Keen. Yeah. Yeah. So the bike was pretty beat, but it's still the same so bike? The, so the bicycle was pretty beat up. Mm. Um, and... Uh, I brought it back to the bike mechanic, Mark, that had become my friend. Yeah. And he fixed it up for me for nearly nothing. It was yeah, wow. incredible. I mean, the whole the whole wheel was just twisted and mangled, the front wheel and yeah. it was it was it was really beat up. Yeah. But they fixed it they fixed it for me while I was in Thailand. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, so back to Australia, you're all mended, bikes all fixed, then you're still heading towards Brisbane, I yep. assume. So from Darwin, you're heading across, head down to like towards Alice and then across or uh, up through the top because you're going to, oh no, you're going to Cairns, weren't you, first? Right. So what what happened was, thank you for clarifying. So because of the, 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 th- the three-week delay, yeah. we decided to ride to Cairns and then um, for, and then, I was down. just get it. I just took a a quick flight to Brisbane. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, Cairns. Again, we're talking about these like different environments. You've got the outback per se in Darwin and Litchfield and those sort of areas, which is very top end. It's a very Australian. Um, a lot of Australians will understand what you mean by the top end up up that way in Darwin. But then across to Cairns, it's still quite north, but it's very very different terrain. Lots of big mountains coming into Cairns and then down onto the flats. Like um, those sort of different terrains, do they just they excite you when you come across new types of things? Are they very different to all the previous travels you've done overseas? Like, what was your what was your take on Cairns? Oh yeah. Um, well, just like backing up. So we were riding from when we rode from Darwin um, mm-hmm. to Keynes. Um, it was February, and it was like forty five degrees. Yeah. And the flies this this year were just like absolutely yeah, relentless nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were just the precursor to the <laughs> to the whole thing. The whole year. Um, and so we decided that we would ride through the night. Yeah. Right. Wow. People originally people said, no, you can't do that. There's yeah. kangaroos. It's dangerous. There's road trains. But it really got to the point where we just felt like, okay, this is our only option. Yeah. And so one night we uh, we had dinner and 9 o'clock, usually we'd be starting to go to bed. We're like, okay, 
Sure, on the park. Not. Let's go. With <laughs> and, lights or just so, trying to use natural light or so we no, we had lights. Yeah. Sometimes the moon was really bright depending yeah. on, you know, where we were, but in the uh in the month. Mm. But we uh we rode a lot of days Dr- yeah. Through the night, uh, and it would be sometimes we leave at nine, sometimes twelve. Yeah, it, just depending on how far we wanted to go that yeah. day. How you feeling? Yeah, mm-hmm. and with no real plan as, apart from, you know, progress further. You can you can do that. You can leave whenever you want and go off your body as well, especially when you're yeah using your body to propel you yeah. your travels. Yeah. So that was like that was that was one of my my favorite thing yeah. is to. To to ride at night. Yeah, right. So there it was wonderful, go. and the stars out in the yeah. outback oh, are amazing, and yeah. the sunrises and the yeah. sunsets. Oh, for sure. Yeah, some of the best sunrises and sunsets are up north and out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, the actual scenery may get bland and boring. Not so boring, but you know, the same for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers is just not much. Just a bit of salt bush and whatever, but still, yeah. some of the best in yeah. those couple of minutes. Around sunrise, Absolutely. it's worth the whole thing. And yeah. then also, like for someone not from Australia, when mm. we started seeing our first kangaroos, yeah, honestly, yeah. it was so exciting. <laughs> They're strange buggers, aren't they? <laughs> they are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that that part of the ride that took us, I don't know, maybe like three weeks. That was really fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, coming back to what we've been talking about all afternoon of just making the best of a worse bad situation. Yeah, you've got. And, you know, I guess any of your international following or whatever, like flies are just, they're so small, but when there's, oh, and when that, you're completely yeah. covered, they are just a nightmare and you cannot escape them. You just can't, especially on a bike with no yeah, sort of structure to get inside of and block them all out. They're just relentless. If you've never experienced it, it's yeah. it's hard to describe. Like yeah. thousands of flies. Oh, yeah. And that's all not... over you in your nose, in oh, your yeah. eyes, in your ears. <laughs> and that's hardly an exaggeration. There's literally thousands of them. So yeah. I can I can definitely understand why you'd be riding a night. So yeah. yeah, and that would have been a a pretty good first taste of outback vast long distances between places as well. I mean yeah. A lot of your travels, did you have that sort of long traverse between basically just roadhouses of, you know, a few hundred Ks before you have any sort of yeah. civilization? Yeah. It was usually between like a hundred and maybe a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With your longest sort of stretches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of that was obviously camping or you're staying in caravan parks and motels and stuff as well or a bit of both well that that was the thing actually for that part when it was so hot like that mm. we stayed at at roadhouses pretty much the whole time yeah and there aren't caravan parks along that stretch no, it's no. just really just these roadhouses yeah. um because it was too hot because when you were riding during the night you couldn't sleep out there was no chance to sleep outside no. during the day during it was day. just way too hot oh yeah for sure so so that that's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, into into Cairns, and again, a I mean, Cairns would almost be considered busier, I guess, than Darwin in a way. I mean, it's quite a big tourist town. Probably that time of year, it's a little bit quieter, being yeah. still the wet season. But how long did you hang around in Cairns? Like, did you get up to much of the standard Cairns activities of the reef and well, all that kind of stuff? Well, actually, what happened was so I when we got to Cairns, then I. Um, flew to Brisbane and had to go to America right. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, for 
like to see family. Yeah. And um, then when, I don't know, it was like, I think it was the 18th of March. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to leave on the 22nd, but I woke up on the 18th of March and I was like, I have to, I have to go. Just I have out. to go to Australia. Like yeah. I am not going to be able to fly out. I just had yeah. this feeling. Yeah, right. And so I booked a flight and I actually got in on one of the last flights before they closed the border oh, to foreigners. God. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. So um, we, we actually were locked down in Canes. For, we are 14 days of quarantine. Yeah. Where yeah. we, you know, just couldn't go out. We were just locked in the house. Yeah. And then we were pretty much, I'd say, three months. Just stuck in cans. In canes, but we didn't, I didn't feel stuck at all. Yeah, yeah. It was When you're in a new place. Incredible. We, yeah. we were able to rent. We rented the most beautiful homes. Yeah. For, um, well, we tried to camp, but they, they wouldn't let us. Yeah, That was going to be illegal. Yeah. Um, and I tried to explain, like, that we live nomadically, but they, they said, well, we have a nomad population mm. here, and they're not allowed to, like, be camping either. So. Yeah. Find somewhere <laughs> yeah. to live. Yeah. Um, so, we, so we found these, um, each, uh, so for the um, one month we stayed one place and then yeah. each month we stayed a different place and we found yeah, these right. fantastic places to stay. One was in the city, one was in Trinity Beach and one was like a little um, further away than that. Yeah, right. And we just rode our bikes around and got to know the area. And yeah. I mean, most of the time all the restaurants were closed. Yeah. And so it was just like takeaway on a curb. Like yeah. you sit, you sit on a curb. <laughs> People probably are hearing this and like, yep. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> it was right. like hard to remember yeah. that during that time that that you like people ate at restaurants and yeah. you know it was It's funny how quickly we forget about all the normal ways of living and then when it's all been changed and different. Yeah. It's uh yeah. You just get used to it. Yeah. But, but honestly for us because we have been on the road for a little over 2 years. Yeah. Do, um yeah. in this the riding around the world section of our <laughs> section of your lives. And <laughs> this um, chapter and and so we actually, my um, partner and I are both chefs, right. and we don't get to do a lot of cooking. Yeah. So yeah. it was really really nice to, to be able to again. spend time yeah. cooking. And I assume this is the longest time you've sort of been in the one place in the one town. Absolutely. Been, yeah, for want of a better word, locked down into yeah. just being yeah. being at home or being in a ha- in a house. So, yeah, coming up with some of those older things that you used to do was that um without getting too deep into I guess is that it's was that some sort of a reminder or a um did you in, you obviously enjoyed getting back into that cooking but did that um did you have any temptation to to slow down that nomadic lifestyle once you were stuck in a house again and had that sort of groundedness or anything or is it no. just you were just super keen to get back out no you know what I've learned I've learned that I can do it all. Yeah. You know, I used to think like I I never want to have a home and I never want to settle down and yeah. and I don't really I don't ever want to really own a home and mm. I don't really want to permanently settle down. But I've learned that that I enjoy it all and when you settle down after being on the road for a while, you really enjoy it. Yeah. And then when you've been settled down and you get back on the road, then you really, really enjoy, enjoy that. It, yeah. And so I hesitate to ever like just say, I, I, I don't like one thing. I just yeah. don't like too much of one thing. Yes. Diversity and mm-hmm. it makes you appreciate, you know, that's something we've been talking about a lot is living a smaller, simpler, more, um, just enjoying nature and being outside 
when we got home or when we got home from our trip has made us really appreciate the stuff that we do have. And when the weather's bad, we can have the best of home life of just sit at home and do things or research the next trip or start a podcast or yeah. anything like that. But then when we want to get back traveling, we have that, you know, all the stuff and all the um, experience to go out and do that better because of our travel life and the extra time we've had at home to research places to go. So yeah, I think the diversity and the, yeah, not too much of one thing yeah. for too long. Yeah. Is, yeah. Really and cool. obviously we're really lucky th yeah. that we get to do this. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it's lucky. I mean, it, it, it was very like, you know, planned to be yeah. able to live a like, like, life like yeah. this. But I think that you know, especially when you think about the food. So it's so great to cook your own food. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also really magical to be out in, you know, all you have is the stuff on your bicycle in your tent and you're cooking on your little camp stove and yeah, whipping fire. up these little, like, you know, instant meals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All like, the glamorous we're a chef meals out, and we yeah. have this instant rice. <laughs> yeah. But again, it makes you appreciate the, you know, when you do have the availability and the ability to, you know, cook your own food from scratch and spend yeah. the time on it and, and all that exactly. kind of stuff. So, yeah. which that was something I was going to ask as well. Like you've now come down into Australia from Asia and, you know, things like food and living expenses and lodging and all that kind of stuff is so much cheaper up there. Yeah. Have you found that a big change coming to Australia? Um, just spending more money on stuff and it's just more expensive to travel or not really? You've found ways around that? Like, Oh, it's much more expensive. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. You can get a meal like for $2 in Asia yeah. and you could stay at a hotel for five. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, is a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But you're just yeah. making the most of it, I guess. And it's just part of it. I, I think, I mean, it's, I don't, I can tell you that I would not be in Australia for this long if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, right. But I also feel very grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So once the borders and everything all started to open up, how, so you're in Cairns in March. Yeah. So, like so like around December. June 1st or something like that, the border, the border started to open and up. it was so exciting. It was early. Yeah. And she just made this announcement, the, what is it? Like a premiere. I don't yeah. know. Anastasia, yeah. I was following her like <laughs> every day on Facebook, like what she Let was saying. Let me ride my bike. <laughs> And she, and it was so exciting when she opened Queensland because we were not allowed to go more than 100 kilometers for those okay. three months away. Yeah. And so the first thing she did was open Queensland. And yeah. it was like, oh, my God, we're like kids in a candy store. We've got the we're just whole getting state everything to already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we knew what we what our plan was. We wanted to go towards Perth. That yep. was that was the plan. Right. Actually, Renee came up with this idea. We were going to go to the useless loop, which is actually the furthest it looked on the it looks on the map like the furthest west that you can get. It's called the useless loop, and it's north of Perth by, yeah. by quite a bit. So we were going to. Um, that was the plan. We would head out that way. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. on our trip, we went to um, Steep Point, which is quite a way up north. And that's, yeah. um, well, I mean, that's at least signposted as the most western point. But it's a it's a long way out and a big beach run out Oh, okay. So, so it was just like uh, looking on the map. So I'm sure you're right. But right. it sounded good too, the useless yeah. loop. <laughs> yeah. Useless loop. But it actually could be 
It is a bit of a loop to get out to Steep Point and back. So yeah, that could be just a, a different name I haven't heard of before. But um, yeah, so that's the plan is to go west. So so the plan was to go west. And yeah. so we just started riding and yeah. we went over the Tablelands. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to, um, when you know, out uh, as we left Canes um, and then uh, stopped through Townsville because we had to do a medical to get our visa extended. Right. Because, you know, when you're not from Australia, you have to think about these things. Yeah, and we yeah. were supposed to be, I think, out by the middle of June. Yeah, right. So there's a whole process to get your visa extended. extended yeah. One is like a medical exam. So we stopped right. in Townsville. We went to Magnetic Island. And, you know, for, so again, it's like the koala bears <laughs> were <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. And Magnetic Island is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we, we really, really enjoyed that. Um, it, you almost feel like a, a tourist when you're there, you know. I mean, right. it wasn't like we, we did a little bit of biking. Yeah. Um, anyway, but then we really started out. So yeah. we, we went, we took a really interesting route. We went um, kind of on a diagonal towards Winton. Okay. And if for people who know the area from um, like Winton um, towards Boulia, then you get on the Plenty Highway. And the Plenty Highway is not is what do you guys call it like a gravel unpaved it's not a not a highway it's just it's called a highway and actually there's a lot of these road trains that are on there yeah but it's um a lot of bulldust and a lot of sand and really just we've been on some tough roads in australia (laughs) but that was was up there yeah yeah yeah. you kind of feel like okay like if if you can do that yeah you got it sorted then give me a road i can do it (laughs) especially on a loaded up touring bike as well like there's still relatively skinny tires yeah and yeah bulldust is never gonna be forgiving as well as just yeah using your body to propel your travels is yeah is tiring and especially in those sort of conditions and pushing sort of pushing your bicycle through sand oh, and it's yeah. like heavily loaded because you have to carry a lot of water yeah so a lot of we water were carrying food. like 15 20 liter 20 yeah liters of water yeah, yeah. on the bicycle and all that food yeah. you know crazy there's nothing out there oh yeah and again it's it just amazes me that these trips and i did the podcast with the guys that race to the rock and they were talking about yeah 13 liters of water and all that and they were in a race scenario loosely termed race um and yeah carrying all this stuff and just out there by yourself totally unsupported you've got to take everything with you and i mean it's even more so with you guys on you know your entire livelihood is it's attached to that bike yeah um yeah massive respect to go out there and do that no it's a real test i mean while you're doing it a lot of times you know when you're doing hard things and you're like why am am i I doing doing this this?" (laughs) yeah yeah. And I think it's like that type two fun. You know, it's like it's definitely not fun while you're time. doing it at yeah. all, but it's a great to talk about it. Afterwards. Oh, yeah. And you sit back later on with a glass of red like we got here and yeah. you just, you're like, yeah, actually, that that was pretty good. Exactly. It sucked at the time. Yeah. That was pretty good. I'm glad I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that brought you down into that sort of Alice. To Alice Springs. Yeah. yeah. So we get to Alice Springs and then we really find out that West Australia is not going to open like yeah. we had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. So because it was really hot in the north mm-hmm. and we had already been to Darwin and it was already, I mean, it was winter, but it was already like 40 degrees at oh, Kakadu. Yeah. yeah. We decided that we would go south. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But first we 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 explored like the McDonald Ranges and yep. um, the Lara Pinta Trail, and mm-hmm. we went to Kings Canyon. We went to Uluru. Yeah. <laughs> because we were there. Yeah. I mean, six hundred kilometers out of the way, but that was okay. <laughs> Which I, I have to keep reminding myself that you guys are riding push bikes <laughs> and not just driving. Like, yeah, sure. If you're in Alice and you just drive six hundred k's to Uluru, like, yeah, know, so be it. That's but, okay. Yeah, riding push bikes. So, I mean. I mean, I've been talking with a friend lately about getting into more like canoeing and paddling trips and stuff like that. And yeah. we, we're starting from ground zero. We've got no idea. Like yeah. he's done a fair bit of paddling around and he lived in Canada for a while and did a fair bit of pad- paddling and stuff, but trying to work out like how far can you paddle in a day? So what's your sort of, if you've got somewhere to be and you want, you want to get somewhere in a reasonable time and there's not too much in between. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I guess Alice to Uluru, there's a fair bit, all the Westmax and all that. But what's your sort of, what's your range on a bike? Like, are you doing 100K days? Are you doing 60s? Like, Yeah, it really depends. Of course. I'll tell you what, what makes it depend. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, the wind. Yes, this week, the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That can be real. I mean, that can really, really slow you down. Oh, for sure. Fifty-four yeah. kilometer an hour winds the other day. Oh, it's yeah. been madness the last couple of days. Yeah, that yeah. can really slow you down. Um, the hills, which you guys yep. don't really have in Australia, so that hasn't been a problem. Which I hate hearing that because I'm always like riding up these hills, like, oh my god, these hills are massive. But yeah, no, no, in worldwide no, definitely standards, definitely not. No, we're no, pretty flat. Yeah, it's yeah. flat. Um, the heat. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. I, I think I'm forgetting something, but those are things that can, that really? they can really slow you down. Yeah, yeah, and the road condition. Yeah, the road condition. True. I mean, if you're on a road and you're, Plenty you know, pushing your, pushing your bike through sand, you're not going to get very of bull far. Dust and sand. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, I think that if you give us like a like a flat road without a lot of, um, like. Yeah, it's Wind good weather. And whatever, and, good yeah. weather, then, you know, we would go like 100, I mean, up to 150 yeah, kilometers right. in okay. a day. Yeah. Um, and then if on a really, there's days where it's taken us eight hours to go like 35 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's so just, variable. It's called a road, but it wasn't really a road. Not here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, although, there was a really hard day on the plenty where there was a lot of pushing. Yeah. <laughs> so Hike yeah, a bike. approximately that's that's kind of what right, it is. Okay. And and I'm I'm not very fast uh, at all. And when my bicycle's a little more loaded with water, yeah. you know, it slows me down a bit. But that that's almost a good thing as well because it does slow you down. And you get to enjoy it a bit more, and you get to you got nowhere to be in particular. You sort of just traveling for the sake of traveling, and the the journey to get anywhere is just fun in right. itself right well, at least i find it that way so. absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean it's 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 there was a woman we met on the ferry today and um she said so oh so you're you're riding around the world and you don't have like a time frame so it's pretty chill right and <laughs> and we're like looking at each other and you know it's it is definitely i mean i think i have a, like a generally pretty laid back yeah. personality but it it's tough riding. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's a, it's a sport. <laughs> Especially when you're getting up every day with somewhere to go, you're not sitting around for days on end, just lounging around in the sun, lying on the grass. Like yeah. you're, you're constantly moving. And I mean, even, I guess we found that on our car touring it 
touring trip. It, yeah. You get buggered and people are like, yeah, but you're on a seven-month holiday. Like, how can you be tired and worn out? And you're like, well, you're just doing stuff every day. You're going for hikes and you're just traveling and it's new places and new things and you're considering this and that and yeah. tire pressure's up and down. And you guys are on a, a whole nother level as well of actually riding to yeah. get somewhere. But you're you're always going somewhere, you're seeing something new and exploring and that does get tiring for sure. So do you find you guys kind of go through waves of let's make some ground up and get somewhere that we want to be because there's not much in between and then we'll have a few days relaxing, exploring and then, or is it just totally, totally random? It is kind of random. Yeah. I mean, I think what, I think that, okay, so for example, like here, this, this Australia portion yeah. of our, of our trip, the journey, uh, we are, more likely to cruise through places than to stop and really enjoy. I think yeah. both of our personalities are are a little driven. Yeah. And so um, this has given us an opportunity. Like right now, South Australia is close to West Australia. We yeah. had been planning on going to West Australia, but now we're slowed down a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were open and then we're back closed again and <laughs> yeah. now waiting to open again. Exactly. So it's it's really made us... Stop. So I think that our plans are um, we, is that we don't really have a plan, yeah. and that we take things as they come. And when you're living a life like this, you learn that that's all you can do. A hundred percent. It's like Definitely. being on a journey like around the world is kind of like being in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you take it one day at a time. What yeah. can I do today? Yeah. And go from there. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And I think we're saying before we, we started was, you know, like adventure starts when it all turns to shit. Really. Exactly. If, if everything's going to plan and going smoothly and as you expected, then yeah, can, you can have some fun times and whatever, but everything's smooth sailing and you're comfortable and you're happy and nothing, you, not as many doors seem to open and opportunities present. As soon as it all turns to shit and you got to think on your feet and make the most of it, that's when all of a sudden some random guy messaged you and asked you to <laughs> have a glass of wine and record a podcast and you meet someone new or, you know, other opportunities just arise. And I guess you guys have had, Plenty of that sort of stuff. I mean, Cairns, I guess, is a perfect example of, you know, it's a, it's a bad situation. You're locked down and you can't go anywhere, but then you still get to enjoy some things that you don't normally get to do, like cooking food and, yeah. um, you know, using your skills there. So is there anything else like that that's been really, I don't know, like a, a memorable moment of on the road where you were sort of hoping you were going to get to go do this or go somewhere and then for some reason couldn't and better things have come of it like well i think i think that we put our like challenges in front of us by the route we take yeah so a lot of the time there's a choice you can take the easy route which mm -hmm. is like on maybe a busy road or you could take the alternative road which yeah. is like like the udnandacha track I yes mean, perfect example <laughs> and so typically we'll pick the harder one mm -hmm. and and then often I'll think to myself while I'm writing, oh, I'm so mad. Why don't you pick this one? I pick what? this. And then I have to remind myself all the time. Yeah. Like, you wanted this. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then and then it's okay. You know, as long as I can remind myself, you chose this. Yeah. And then you see the baby emus on the side of the road that you hadn't seen emus yet. And you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I wouldn't have seen this on the bitumen. So. Yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And then just camping out and in, in the, like, just in the outback, in the bush yeah. where there's nobody around. No. It's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. There's no noise. Mm-hmm. There's no light pollution. There's no yeah. anything. Yeah. Just you guys. Yeah. It's, it's very it's cool. really great. So is, I'm just thinking though, is there anything that's happened? Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, we never would have gone to Adelaide. We never, yeah. or, or that whole, all of South Australia was not on our plan. The yeah. only reason that we went is because West Australia was closed. Yeah. That's where you could get we to. We spent like, we spent a good two months in South Australia, um, we spent a lot of time down south of Adelaide. We mm-hmm. went all around Kangaroo Island. Yeah, yeah. Places to do we just never would have seen, never yeah. would have gone to. Yeah. And so that was um, definitely an example yeah. of just an opportunity that came about when we hadn't planned for it. Yeah. I mean, even, I guess, just the the willingness as well from you guys to... Um, just make it work. I mean, it would have been pretty easy. An easier route, I guess, would have been to stay in America when you had the chance to, you could have stayed at home, you could have stayed with family, ridden this whole last few months out or whatever. But I guess from the vast majority of people's um, thought process would be to stay somewhere safe and that they know and ride it out as opposed to going back to another country overseas and try and live on a bicycle. <laughs> well, you know, you know it might I mean? sound That's... weird. It might not sound really weird to people, but mm. like Australia was our home. Yeah. And yeah. neither of us, Renee's from Denmark, and yeah. neither of us have a home yeah. or a place to stay in the countries is. that we came. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for us, it was just like we have to get back to our bicycles. Yeah. But that's still a harder route because you don't have. You didn't have accommodation in Cairns where your bikes were. Or, right, exactly. You know. So it's still it's still a harder route and um, I guess it takes courage to do that in a way. I mean, it, for you guys, it's the natural thing that you wanted to do. Um, but I still find that pretty pretty incredible I think <laughs> well it's how I mean it, I think it, it you know you every choice you make has some kind of a consequence mm-hmm. and you have to compromise yeah with all yeah. those choices and so yeah I mean I have friends and family back in America that I don't even know when I'm gonna see yeah, yeah. and all there's a lot of different things going on mm-hmm. with my family and it's hard to be so far, far away. away. Yeah. And not have a time frame as to. And not have a time frame. Yeah. But everyone's living their life. Yeah. You know? And so. Mm. And how's it been? I know listening to the uh, the other podcast um, last night, you try to do a trip with your son who's over in um, yeah. America a couple of times a year. And yeah. obviously that's not happened this year. Was was there trips planned that you've had to postpone or cancel or how's, how's that process going with him and. Yeah. yeah, that oh, would be hard. Oh, it's so hard. Yes, yeah. my son is fourteen, um, and he lives with his dad, and we adventure together. And yeah. so I take him on trips, usually three times a year. Mm. Um, we've done 
uh, like we've gone to Haiti on a reforestation project. We studied Spanish. We went to Spain and walked on the Camino. And we walked the entire um, uh, Oregon coast. Mm -hmm. I think it was 600 miles that we walked, just the two of us. Um, We've done tremendous things. And, you know, it was really weird, though. I was when I was there in March, he's you know, like kind of going through puberty and he's Mm -hmm. just starting to like have his, his own thing and not like want, it's not that he didn't want to be with me, but he really wanted to be with his friends and he had other priorities. Yeah. And so now we actually have this wonderful relationship online Mm -hmm. and we have a book group together. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So we talk nearly every day Yeah. and we read, we're reading different books and he gets to pick a book and then I get to pick a book and the book we're reading right now is his choice 900 pages <laughs> <laughs> and that's so cool though that you're again making it work literally yeah, we, across I feel the world like, I feel like we're making it work and I mean yeah. he's locked down like he has barely been able to leave since March yeah yeah and so it's not he's like I would have been able to spend like so much time with him mm. and so we are Having like a really, we have a sweet online relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So, is the trips was the trips planned for this year with him, or is that something that? Um, yeah, we were supposed to go. Well, we went. Um, we actually, in, when I was there in March, we we did a little trip. We did mm-hmm. well. We did two little trips. Um, we went to Mexico with his school. Yeah, right. And we also. Um, did something that we love to do together, which is walk through the night. Yeah. And he asked me if it would be okay to bring his friend. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, like this is like a big deal to walk through the night. I mean like 25 miles through the night. Mm. Um, And like what friend would be able to do that? It was crazy. Yeah. Um, But I was thinking, okay, he wants to do it. I was like, you're responsible. Yeah. This is, it was a big deal. So You're the team leader now. (laughs) And he... Totally took it on. Yeah. He was amazing. And his friend, oh, I wrote a little story in my vlog about it, but his friend shows up with his dad's backpack that was like filled with different things that were like already in the backpack that he didn't take out. Yeah. And then he brings like tons of water and it's this heavy, heavy, heavy backpack. And, um, but his, but his grandma just kind of like dropped him off and left and we, we didn't, we couldn't even like really figure out to, to get what gear he had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all, all the, it was very cold that night and we had all these crazy things happen. So it was, it was really memorable. And I think those two kids will probably never forget that. So. And then we camped for several days after that. So um, just like backpacking in the, yeah. in the desert. And so um, we got to do that. Then we were supposed to do the Pacific Crest Trail yes. this summer, but right. we couldn't yeah. do that. I don't know if you're familiar with the Pacific Crest Trail, but it's a big hiking trail in America. Yeah, only very recently have sort of discovered it and learning more about it and whatever. But yeah, yeah. massive through trail yeah, all exactly. the way through America. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we were not going to do all of it, but... But a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we'll just have to postpone. Yeah. yeah. And do you think he, do you ever like want to bring him to your trips or are you always trying to do your own trips that are separate to whatever, like you're cycling around the world? Like, I would love to take him yeah. with us. But honestly, 
he hasn't really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's, I mean, he is a fantastic adventurer, mm-hmm. and he can, I mean, he can go 35, 40 kilometer trekking so fine cool. with the pack on. Yeah. Um, and... And and when he gets in the to the frame where mm. like in his mind that that's what we're doing, yeah, he is fantastic. Yeah, but I don't know that it's, it's the choice that he would do. He's mm-hmm. still just a kid, and he likes his friends, yeah. and he likes yeah. school, and so yeah. So he's you have so to he let him chooses. Do his own yeah, and that's up. what I've decided. I've kind of like I I like to introduce different ideas to him and I like mm. to take him adventuring and then his dad can show him the, the other part like something yeah. a little bit more grounded so mm. he's got a little bit of both yeah yeah and it, I mean that's such a brilliant way to I mean I think about some of the stuff that I did lots of as a kid we did lots of camping we did lots of sort of just traveling around and exploring and whatever else and only short little trips as you do when you're a little kid but you know, it's taken sort of quite a few years for me to get into my professional career and whatever, and then to really come back to that and go, that's really who I am and what I enjoy doing is I just love being outside and it doesn't yeah. really matter what we're doing outside. I just love being out there doing something away from town, away from lots of other people and just being out there and exploring and seeing new places. So I think he's, yeah, he's going to have such an incredible base to start with, which we were talking about earlier before with other kids of, you know, kids that have grown up traveling and we're talking about, I can't remember the fellow's name, he's 21 or something and has traveled all around the world. Jimmy Ashby, yeah, Yeah. he's pretty great. And just how incredibly experienced and um, so vastly knowledgeable about lots of things around the world and yeah, it's and and just cool... like how, just like how to get around. I yeah. mean, like whether it was in Haiti or Guatemala or in Oregon or even in Arizona, I ne- we never have a car, so we're just we're either like hitchhiking or taking like crazy bus trips or just trains, any way that we can figure out how to get around. Yeah. So he's just used to that. That's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And yeah, we'll encourage him to do his own adventures at some point yeah. as well. So, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, coming back to, back to Oz, you've been in SA for quite a while, still waiting to sort of see if you can get over to WA whenever that might be. Yeah. What's, what's been your, I mean, let's go with like, let, let's just go with two, your top two sort of places that you've really enjoyed in Australia or... I don't know, somewhere that you had a really cool experience or what, what's the, what's the top couple of spots in, in Oz that you've really loved? Well, you know, I am crazy about ocean swimming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, even like the colder, the better. I just love (laughs) it. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of ocean swimming in, while I've been in South Australia, we were staying near at Maslin beach. And so we were going there and just like people, I think thought I was crazy (laughs) because the water is still a little cold and I was, you know, going out for like hour, hour and a half swims. Yeah. Um, and so I just, yeah, that water is just amazing. And the beach is there. It's an incredible bit of coastline down that southern part of it is. It is. Absolutely amazing. It is gorgeous. Um, along with KI too. Yeah. The beaches over there are just mental. Yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, <laughs> kangaroos are a highlight. I mean, <laughs> come on. 
They are, and the, the kangaroos and the koala bears. Yeah. I mean, those koalas, you spot them up in the tree, and yeah. it's just like my heart melts. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the noises they make as <laughs> they well? Make really, like, yeah, I was actually <laughs> cycling, and I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And I look up, and it's like this precious little koala bear yeah. is like making this monstrous noise. Um, the beaches up north of Canes, too, oh, I yeah. mean, are yeah. just incredible. Mm. And then, you know, I think that it's just, oh, I think like out on the Udnadatta track. Yes. Yes. There's there were some places that literally I felt like I was on the moon. Yeah. It is it's so just surreal and there's really nothing no, growing nothing there. there. It's just yeah. so barren. Did you um, go to the um there were these um like little oasis is called oh, I think one of them was called like the bubbler or something. It's this big sort of mound formation with a natural spring literally on the top of the mound and there's all this grass and little flowers and this fresh water just there. But then you look around in every other direction and it's just completely barren. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I yeah. thought that was yeah. amazing. And there's this outlet. great water basin like yeah. underneath there. Yeah. yeah. It was honestly like that was, that was spectacular. And then a surprise actually, we got to William, William's Creek. William Creek. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was a fly-in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a fly-in is? My dad and my brother are both pilots, so <laughs> yes, I know what a fly-in is. Okay, <laughs> yep. I do not know what a fly-in is. Lots was. of people fly in in their little aeroplanes <laughs> and have a big get-together and a barbecue and yeah, shindig, yeah. and then they all fly their separate ways. Yeah, I think the population of William Creek is something like 10. Yeah, very And little. then they were expecting, like, 100 people. Yeah. So it was going to be, it was on and it's the in the news. middle of nowhere. It was like, yeah. there's this big thing. So we happened to be there for it. Oh, wow. And yeah. so that was just kind of fun, and it was really cool to see people in, like, their their little, little planes. planes come yep. in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's so Australian as well, is to like all drive or fly or somehow get to some really remote random pub and just yeah. have a beer, say good day to people, and then leave. Like, and then leave. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an Australian that, thing. Yeah, that was really really cool thing yeah. to be part of. I mean, there's so many rodeos and stuff like that around yeah. Australia, and I mean, um, me and Caitlin are going to Big Red Bash, which is in Birdsville in the. Queensland side of the um, uh, um, Simpson Desert, mm-hmm. a massive music festival that they set up in the middle of a desert on a sand dune. And there's like just 10,000 people all camping and having a music festival. It's slightly bigger scale, but it's just one of those things of, I don't know, it's an Australian thing. Go to a random place that's generally got a pub nearby and do something and then go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Cool. It's yeah. real. It is really great. Yeah. Yeah. So you're obviously traveling, you know, very lightweight and um, doing something that's out of the normal for most people. So what do you recommend to people that want to do, it may not be as extreme as cycling around the world and only owning what is tied to a bike, but what do you, what do you say to people who want to get out and just do something different or want to escape their regular life and get some clarity like yourself or whatever and have, they might have the idea of an adventure they want to do, but don't know how to commit to it or they don't know what they want to do. They just want to do something like surely you come across lots of people like that that just really want to, they just, they want to do something, but don't know how. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say do it. 
Just yeah. do it. Yeah. There's never the right time. Yeah. Just do it. And um, a lot of times I think when people have these crazy ideas, mm. then they don't get the support from yeah. their friends and family just because – not because they they want to be mean. They're just like – they just don't understand it. Yeah. It might just and seem strange. it's not strange. something they want to do. So. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Or, or um, a lot of times I think people don't do things because people will say, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. And then you start thinking, well, maybe it is dangerous. Mm. And usually it's not. I mean, yeah. I would just say, just do it. Figure yeah. it out and do it. Yeah. And um, I've, I mean, because I know so many people that have said that to me, I mm. started adventure coaching so oh, wow. that people can actually reach out to me. And, yeah. um, and I work with people, whether it's like one session or yeah. like a series of sessions and we can figure out literally like straight from the beginning, like mm. you want to do an adventure, what could it possibly be? Maybe you have no idea. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like, you don't know if you want a bike ride or maybe you literally just want to know how to go camping alone at night yeah. for like one night. You just want to <laughs> go out there, but you have no idea how to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone has a different adventure. I always say, you don't want to do my adventure because you might not like my adventure. Yeah, but I know different. that everyone has an adventure in their heart. Mm. And it's not always, it, it doesn't always seem possible, but it is. Yeah. And I love helping people figure out how to get to the start line. Yeah. And it's I'll, exciting to help people do that too. Like Absolutely. Yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah. And it's really cool once you do see people leave. We've got some mates who have recently just left um there over this way actually. Um on their big lap of Australia and whatever. And I'm not gonna say it was inspired by ours because I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure knowing these guys that they have always had this in mind. But I think there's a lot of people at the moment gearing up to to go and do these bigger trips and to pack up and do a Australian trip in particular because you can't go overseas at the moment and there is no sort of end date for that kind of uncertainty about overseas. There's a lot of people going, yeah, let's go check out the backyard. I mean, our backyard. So there's yeah. so much to explore. Oh, there yeah. is so it's massive. much to explore. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like in some ways we couldn't be stuck in a better place because oh. we could literally be riding. There yeah. are many, many, many roads here. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, I, I mean, there's so much possibility, whether mm. it's bicycle or, yeah. you know, trekking or, I mean, you just interviewed, well, I can't remember his name, the guy who's like riding around Australia on the jet ski. Yeah, or... Lindsay, yeah, <laughs> on the jet ski. I mean, that's Honestly, like, it, there's so many different possibilities. Yeah. And, and I think, too, that it, it feels so daunting, you know. Yeah. The first couple times that we headed out on, on this um, cycle mm. journey, um, we had, I would pause and see my son and come back. And I remember each time I was like, just like a little nervous just to get back on the road. And, yeah. and, and it's like, I think that anything that just seems like you've never done it before mm. is just scary. But yeah. then it just, as I said, like going into the outback now, it's like, oh, it's just the outback. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And I think even, you know, you can start small and just take a different road to get somewhere. If you've got to go from A to B and you've always gone this way, just Go a random way. Just open up Google Maps on your phone and yeah. look and go, well, it's not the most direct. It's not the fastest. But why don't I just go this way? Leave half an hour early on your hour drive to get somewhere yeah. and just go a different way. And even starting that small can really yeah. 
change your mindset about just time frames and yeah, you yeah. don't need to go the quickest way just because you need to get there. Like exactly, there's so much more opportunity for finding amazing new things or new experiences. Yeah, because guaranteed something different and unusual that you've never seen or yeah heard of or you find a cool barn that yeah. <laughs> you didn't know existed. I don't know, whatever it is, yeah. even that little stuff. So, And it's also one other thing. It's about the journey on the way. Exactly. And so even if you just walk out your front door, even if that's your plan, you mm. walk out the front door with a backpack on your back yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm going for a week, Yeah. you know, and and, no and you plan. just go and it's like it's about what happens along the way. It doesn't matter 100%. if you go halfway around the world. Mm. You don't have to go like to crazy exotic places to have an adventure. Yeah. So to refine that original question a little more, on the weekend we are at a wedding and I got talking to a, a young girl there who had just split up from her partner and, you know, they had the whole messy thing with the houses and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, she's pretty keen on camping and full driving and stuff like that. But she's now wants to go and do an adventure, doesn't have her male partner with her anymore. Yeah. And she's just not sure how to, as a single female, A, is it safe? Is it like, does she need, she feels like she needs that support of a male to be there with her? Like, what do you have to say to the, this not particularly single, but just female um, travelers that want to, or explorers that want to get out there and do some stuff, but they maybe they're, boyfriends or husbands or whatever are working full time and can't come with them and they've got a bit extra time, like what sort of specific advice for them? Because it's just a question that's come up <laughs> so Honestly, recently. it is such a good question. I yeah. feel like we could do like a whole podcast <laughs> just on this because I think there, I don't know if there's a lot of people that feel that way, but I can tell you that is definitely how I felt like for mm. most of my life. Yeah. I never thought that I could go on an adventure by myself. I, I didn't know anyone who did that. They, mm. People, I don't know people do that in America, but I didn't know anyone who did. Yeah. I had no role models that I saw, oh, you can go out camping alone by yourself or mm. you can go on like trips by yourself or maybe you could like sign up for like an expensive like tour. <laughs> Tag along, yeah. You know, something like that. But um, but I never knew that you could just go and travel alone. Yeah. I had, when I was young, I went and I like traveled with um, abroad and studied studied abroad, but mm. I never did it by, by myself. So it wasn't until like in these past five years that I started to do that. And, um, I can tell you that it is fantastic. It's wonderful to have a partner and it's wonderful to be able to see things with someone else and yeah. share that, but there's nothing also at the same time like being able to travel by yourself yeah and there's just a freedom and a confidence and um like an openness i think that you have yeah uh i think that it's you have to be open because you need you need support from other people yeah yeah. along the way, just like 100%. by necessity. Yeah, no one ever really goes on a solo trip and is just solo for the entire time. Yeah. I mean, people obviously do, but they're really big adventures of yeah. solo across Antarctica or something like that. Like yeah. we're talking much smaller scale of just going for a weekend camping trip by yeah. yourself. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. And I love helping people do those things. Mm. 
and it's just, it's it, a lot of it is the planning. Like a lot of it is just having like the confidence that you have prepared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and then you can leave the rest up to chance, but, but you know that you're prepared for it. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that it's something that, um, seems scary at the time, but then when you're in it, yeah, it's just, just it's it. just fantastic. I mean, when I was, um, you know, I told you we cycle, um, Renee and I cycle separately. Yeah. So all day long, especially when I was in Asia, it was really, really cool because I never worried. Um, because there were always people around. And that's, yeah. that is one difference about Australia and Asia. And they both have, like, the pros and cons. Mm. There's people everywhere in, in Asia. Yeah. Like, there, there's no chance a bad thing can happen because someone's going to be there. Be there and see it. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're in a really dodgy area, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> I have not experienced. I've never been in a dodgy area. I mean, honestly, I've yeah. only, I've been in, like, the Forest areas, and I've been in really nice areas, and I've just always had like mm. great support. Yeah, and and same with um, Australia. I've had fantastic support. It's it's just it's more remote, and then I have to just have faith in myself. Yeah, you know, when we were riding through the night, I was telling a friend about it, and she said, "Well, what would ha- what would you do like if something happened, and um, you were alone and." I was like, I'd wait for it to get light out, and I'd yeah. wait for someone to drive by. You know, mm, what I mean, yeah. And, and you have so, to, you have to have faith and confidence in yourself that you'll be able to work it out when it happens. Yeah. There's, there's like a million and one bad things that could happen, but if none of it occurs, you've wasted all that energy worrying about it. I guess. And exactly, and 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 you think about it, and it's like, and I and I do this a lot. Like, if I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna get there. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to meet Renee. I don't know. I'm gonna like run out of time. It's gonna get dark, and yeah. I was like, it's okay. Like, I'll pull off the side of the road. I'll sleep through the night, and then yeah. I'll like just keep going. Yeah. And what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And so, if. I mean, of course, we're we're not doing like at the moment. Maybe mm. we will be, um, like super extreme kinds of things. So, yeah. it, you can do it honestly. If 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 someone want even kind of thinks they want to do it, mm. that that's what I would say. Like, yeah. just do it. And the other thing I would say is, you are so much stronger than you think you are. Oh yeah. But you don't know it if mm. you don't put yourself in a situation exactly where you right. challenge yourself. And yeah. every time you challenge yourself and you do it. You, yeah, you get you, stronger. Yeah, because yeah. it's a self belief that you've you've worked it out. You've done something you didn't know you could do. Yeah, and you've learned something about yourself, some inner strength that comes out of nowhere when you need it. And you know, we've mentioned a few times, both recording and beforehand, about um, you know having that belief that you're gonna get through it and you're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know how you become optimistic, I guess is the word, I, but yeah, you, you need to just keep telling yourself that it, it's, it's going to be all right. And there's still so many places you can go that are considered really remote and out there and you need to be self-sufficient and all that kind of stuff, but people still drive by. Yeah. If you break down on your push bike in the middle of the Unidata, it's not going to be days before someone drives by. Like the right. Unidata is still a fairly well yeah. traversed road. <laughs> Or right. the plenty highway. It yeah. may be a truck driver that yeah. can't no, help it, you there it, and then. It's a but, good point because mm. people will tell you, and I'm telling you they do it all the time. Like mm. right before we started the plenty, there was a woman at the information center. She said, you can't do that. You're going to die. Yeah, yeah. 
you're going to die out there. People die out there. And I, for a second, I got scared, but you really have to be careful who you listen to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's probably never driven the plenty, let alone ridden it yeah. on a push bike. Yeah. And yeah, there's road trains and stuff that go through there all the time and can give you water or yeah. relay and they're a very message. nice. The road trains, we have not had a single bad experience with road trains. They, yeah, right. they're, they keep out of our way. Mm. They're really friendly. Yeah. It's, You'd get a fair few people stopping and seeing if you guys need water or Absolutely. need all know, the time. Need anything or all the just time. where you're riding to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's a very Australian country outback thing as well, is to always to make sure that you're that people yeah. are okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We felt very supported out there. Yeah. And I mean we yeah, we felt exactly the same and we provided that as support and you do it just out of you're just not going to leave someone on the side of the road broken down and just burn straight past them. You're yeah. just not going to do it. Like, yeah. I mean, we stopped for, uh, I think they're a Lithuanian couple um, on the the road out to Kings Canyon. And it was like five o'clock. We were half an hour from where we wanted to camp and we wanted to get there for sunset. Yeah. And then, you know, we could see a car jack and wheels, wheels off the car and whatever. They didn't flag us down, but of course you stop. Yeah. Turns out they didn't have the right tools and they couldn't get the wheel off and whatever else. And you know, we spent nearly an hour with them trying to trying to help them repair their car, and we did a dodgy repair on their tire and okay. got them on their way. But you know, and that sort of thing. I guess the point of that story is that you know people are always going to stop and help you. They're not just going to burn past, and somebody will come, especially if you're in the early days of doing yeah. some exploring or whatever. You're not going to be in places that no yeah. one's going to find you for a week. Yeah. Sort of thing, I, so. I will say there is a culture in the outback that women aren't supposed to be alone. And there were a lot of guys that stopped and wanted to know if I was with someone. Yeah. And um, there were a couple of people who were just like absolutely horrified mm. that my partner would not be with me. <laughs> it was really upsetting to people. Yeah. And, th- and that actually surprised me mm. a, a bit. Um, but again, you know, it's just like a belief system yeah. that some people have, but yeah. Yeah. And again, and the probably people that don't do things like what yeah. you guys are doing. So yeah. anyway, I think this has been an absolutely amazing chat and I'm sure we could go on and on and on and on and on <laughs> for hours, but I'm getting smashed by mozzies. I know. Me we're too. unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, any any sort of final thoughts or any final thank yous to anyone in particular? I mean, we didn't even touch on how you fund this and we you sort of somewhat spoke about, you know, what you're doing on the road with your um, you know, your coaching and whatnot for adventures, but yeah, what's some some final thoughts or thank yous or Oh, um, shameless plugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, thank you, first of all, for making this trip down here. I really, oh. really appreciate it. Nah, so I didn't have to fight the it. wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't make you ride an hour into the wind to come, to yeah. come meet up with me after work. But. Yeah, absolutely. Any, honestly, if anyone has any questions, I would yeah. absolutely, you know, be available yeah. Shoot me an email or mm. something from social media. I'm sure you're going to put the yeah, of course. information on yeah, there. Yeah, I'll put all the links up, yeah. Um, I also really enjoy talking. So if for some reason I'm coming through your way or if there's some kind of an online, you know, possibility for me to talk to a group of people, I would yeah. absolutely love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Ooh, there are a lot a of mosquitoes. Lot of mozzies. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about thousands of flies now. There's hundreds of mozzies. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, just I, I, I would love to connect with people. Check yeah. out my website, and I'm always posting about stories along the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and plenty of animal encounters on your Instagram as well. I know my, uh, my girlfriend loved that because she, she just loves all the, you know, you're swimming with dolphins the other week, and yeah, um, yeah, the kangaroos and koalas and stuff like that. Like it's, it's so cool, and you when you stop and slow down and enjoy and notice those moments, you see them so much more often and yeah, you almost tell those animals that you're keen to see them and yeah, play around. It's and amazing. They, it really is amazing. Yeah. The other, the Incredible. other thing is that I am a um, posture therapist and yeah. I see uh, clients online okay. as I'm traveling. Yeah, and right. so basically, I mean, anyone who has any kind of pain or mm-hmm. wants to improve their performance yeah i work with oh wow okay well uh thank you so much once again for uh yeah the um bit of a merry-go-round to make this happen but we uh we got there in the end thank you so much it's been amazing talking with you and and hanging out for the last few hours so yeah thank you so much and uh yeah if you guys want to definitely recommend check out the podcast um that you did previously i'll link that um I'll link that below and in the description. Definitely check that out for a bit more background on Rachel and her story of how she got to, um, you know, cycling around the world and being in Australia and and, and all that. And, uh, yeah, check out her website, her blog, her Instagram, little videos she makes along the way. And honestly, do do send us a message if you've got any questions or queries or just, just want to talk to someone who's, you know, I, I don't feel like I've done as big a life change as you have, but I certainly, you know, threw my hands in the air and went, you know, what stuff work? I'm just, I'm just over it. And I want to go do something and see, see my backyard and really just try and, I don't know, get some clarity. So if you want to talk about that, feel free to, to send us either a message. We're more than happy to chat and we'll gas bag for for hours about it but yeah let's get out of here we're uh, getting <laughs> smashed so thank you so much <laughs> really you. appreciate it